Welcome into the Jaguars Broadcast Weekend Review Podcast presented by TIAA Bank. J.P. Shadrick with you on Friday, September 24th. The Jaguars and the Arizona Cardinals coming up in week three at TIAA Bank Field. Kickoff time Sunday set for one o'clock. We have the best of the week around Jaguars Broadcasting and Jaguars.com, including Fred Taylor, Tony Baselli, and Pete Prisco reviewing last week's loss. Head coach Urban Meyer and his support for kicker Josh Lambeau. And quarterback Trevor Lawrence describing what Meyer's leadership does for the Jaguars locker room. Remember to subscribe to the Jaguars official podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts. Give us a comment and a five-star rating. Season tickets, single game tickets, and group tickets are still available. You can be a part of the new era of Jaguars football and own it. Visit jaguars.com slash tickets or call 904-633-2000. We begin this week in postgame radio last week after the week two loss to the Broncos. In Jaguars postgame, Fred Taylor, Mike Dempsey, and I broke down the kicking issues and the late onside kick. I think as a, as a play caller, we have to help those sort of situations when they're going to present themselves. Um, and I can probably get long-winded on this, but just before the half, before the 48-yard miss, I think that could have been a lot closer of an attempt if we run the ball. Second down, run the ball on third down. Now you're inside the, the proper uh, uh, distance to give them an opportunity to be successful as opposed to kicking from further. Uh, but again, I'm just on the sideline <laughs> watching the game. They're not paying me to coach, but I'm just saying what I would have done in well, that situation. That's what we're paying you for now, Fred, to, to tell us what it should be. Well, we should have ran the ball. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, I just think that uh, pass, pass, pass just before the half, you don't really put yourself in a situation to make an easier three-point attempt than what they did out there. Yeah, similar to last week, right? I mean, they go pass, 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 and uh, get the drop and end up going three and out in 11 seconds, and Houston was able to come down and take advantage of it. Here, here, it was just a matter of costing the Jaguars the opportunity to get those points on the board. You have to look at that. Uh, You have to look at that. I I, I would like to also um, look at the onside kick attempt at the end of the game, over five and a half minutes to play, Um, two timeout. I'm, I'm kicking it deep. Yeah, it's a nine-point game you know, at that point. Yeah, so, so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to kick it deep and hopefully try to get them off the field real quick. And then now you give your offense a chance to go deep and uh, score. Fred Taylor will be with us post-game again this Sunday on the Jaguars radio network. On to Jaguars Happy Hour Radio Monday afternoon. Pete Prisco and Tony Baselli broke down the game last week. Prisco down in South Florida. Baselli at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. And welcome back. It's Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Pete Prisco, and Tony Baselli. Tony is it uh, is not with us right now. Uh, the Skype. He was eating. He, 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 he was eating. Hold on. I, so. the, the over-under on pregame bratwurst for Tony is two and a half, and I'm taking the over, Pete. It's amazing. He's like shoving chips in his mouth while we're sitting here. We can hear him. What in the world? I didn't know we came back on the air. I was hungry. <laughs> and you're going, <laughs> what, are you, what are you eating there? Uh, cheese curds? No, no, no. It's my favorite potato chip. What do you think my favorite potato chips are? Uh, you'll, never, you'll never guess. <laughs> the ones that are Uts. closest to you? Yeah, besides the closest ones to me. 
Utz potato chips. You ever no, had? No, I, I love Frito corn chips. They're my favorite oh, Fritos. chips. Fritos. Fritos. I, I, I can't stop eating them. Any <laughs> time a stadium has them, I just go to town and the <laughs> Packers have a bunch of Fritos. They're wow. so they're so tough on the gut, though. I mean, God, oh. the, the person sitting on the plane next to you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, so good. <laughs> so we just heard from. Look at him. Look at him. He's like j- it's down drinks. Like, what are we doing over here? This is a professional <sighs> broadcast tonight. I tell you, I like it's it. Glorious. It's let's glorious. Uh, let's get a little more into this defense. Shaq Griffin there talking about Cullen calling the game yesterday, and they did get three sacks. They got three sacks on Teddy Bridgewater. He's not quite as mobile as the previous week, and certainly not this week ahead with Kyler Murray, but. What did you think of the, the game that Cullen called yesterday, Pete? I mean, it was okay. I, I don't mind aggressiveness at times. I, I, I mean, it, the players know better than me if it was a good plan or not. But they have to be aggressive in their pass rush because they don't have guys who win consistently. And, and it's not unlike the other side of the ball. If you don't have guys who win consistently, do a better job scheming those guys up. And I think Joe Cullen's got to do a better job. He's, and he's, he has to do a job of trying to scheme pass rushers up. If you're like Denver and you can just line up Von Miller and Bradley Chubb when they're both healthy and go rush, then you don't have to scheme a lot of stuff up. But they do because they don't have those guys. I mean, Allen was okay yesterday. I thought Allen did a pretty good job yesterday. Yeah. He's, I mean, but whether it's scheme, whether it's players, whether, you know, I lean towards you, uh, Pete, it's more about the Jimmys and Joes and the X's and O's. The bottom line is you got to go make plays. You got to you have to disrupt the other team, whether it's disrupt them from the defensive side of the ball, disrupt the, the opposing offense, or offense disrupt the defense with big plays and chunk yardage and get them on their heels and get them, you know, you dictating pace. We don't dictate pace on either side of the ball, and that is nope. is is critical. And that was what you know. You look at that first opening drive. There, what they did dictate some pace. They were on that good momentum. They had good uh, a good cadence out there. They had good tempo. They're getting up. Good mix of run and pass. You know, play action. They move the pocket a little bit. I mean, they had you know they got in a rhythm. And we just haven't seen that enough out of this Jaguars team on either side of the ball. And I know you. You were in the booth thinking, okay, the first game was an aberration. This drive is what they're really going to be. <laughs> Pete, I've been I've been involved in too many football games where the first drive goes a certain way, and, <laughs> and you're convinced you're convinced that everything's fixed, and then you're like, oh, they made an adjustment. You mean they're not going to line up the same way every time? Jaguars Happy Hour Radio on Monday airs at four o'clock on 1010XL AM and Jag Social Media. The replay at eight o'clock on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. On to Tuesday and the Urban Meyer Show. Kicker Josh Lambeau is 0 for 3 this season in field goal attempts, and the head coach still has his back. Special teams, Josh Lambeau's coming out of the gates a little bit, struggling. Obviously, he's missed three kicks, and I know you got great confidence in him. I do, and how do you do that? First of all, he's had a heck of a career. Second of all, and I told him this, he's as hard a working specialist as I've ever had, and we've had some great ones. He's, uh, you know, takes care of himself. He works extremely hard. That goes from January from the first day we were here. And so, and I've seen him hit it in, in practice. So, you know, uh, we do have confidence in Josh. Final thought on that, Urban. Um, you know, we noticed, in, at least in training camp, that in the operation of field goals in practice, you're right there off the holder's hip, like right in the middle of the thing. What does that do for you, and what does that do for Josh? 
Well, Josh actually doesn't like that as much, so I got out of his way. I <laughs> okay. like to watch the mechanics of the, uh, you know, I time it, and then I also like to see, and I usually can, you know, where the foot hits the ball. You know, I, I like to see that part of it. Uh, but he likes his space, and so we gave him his space. And uh, but we still t- obviously time it, and, and you just I have to watch on film or the, you know, the contact with the football. Now, one thing is for certain, uh, having a good operation like what you're talking about is critical to any kicker's success. And and your center, and especially your holder, Logan Cook, who I think is one of the better holders in the National Football League. Not to mention he's one of the better punters. He certainly is a good one. Yeah, and he's a leader in our team. You know, I I made the point that you have Ross, uh, our lawn snapper. You got Logan and, and Lambo. Those are three of our hardest working guys on our team. And right now, special teams is one of our, is our strongest unit on the team. Uh, our coverage units have been fantastic. We averaged 49.5. We gave up a 20-yard return, but well, that was a 65-yard punt. So it's still a 40 net. So um, that's our strongest. You know, that's part of our culture, and uh, those three are a big part of it. The Urban Meyer Show airs Tuesdays at 4 o'clock on the Jaguars Radio Network. Well, it's not often you get to hear from the punter, but when the Jaguars punter is leading the league in gross and net average, it's time for Logan Cook to join the Ozone Podcast. My first three seasons, I think that progressing throughout the year and then ending the season, I would get a lot more comfortable. And um, we ended up still turning in as a team. I really use a net uh, mainly as a category you want to look at because that's the whole entire punt team as a unit. And um, there's plenty of times, especially week one, where I didn't hit a great ball, but they bailed me out. Ned, I think there's there's times past three years where we ended, you know, very well. But um, I think starting was always a, a thing for me that I just had to, you know, kind of get in a groove. But for some reason, we started in a groove kind of this year. So hopefully we can keep riding that. The Ozone Podcast available on the Jaguars official podcast network. Moving on to the quarterback. This week, Trevor Lawrence gave us insight to Myers' leadership and what it does for the Jaguars' locker room. Coach Myers done a great job of – Obviously, there's a sense of urgency here to get better, to get better fast, and to go win games, and we're all ready for that. But he's done a great job of just keeping the team together, and that's the main thing is this is a long season, and um, I've been impressed with just the way he's led and managed the team. It's been it's been cool to have a front row seat to that, and then that permeates, obviously, through all the leaders on the team, and um, it's kind of a direct reflection of that. So there's a lot of good things to come, and we're excited. Now to the field for Lawrence. He had two more interceptions last week, both in the second half of the game. The windows are tighter in the National Football League. I mean, everyone's just better, and it's especially like technique and fundamentally. Like the corners are so much better. There's not as much separation. Um, like you see, even the touchdown to Marv, like there wasn't a ton of separation. When, when I threw it, there was no separation. Then Marvin did a good job of you know making making a play at the end and separating a little bit, but. That's just the way it is, and uh, for me, I'm still, still just got to keep getting used to that and being more accurate. I think that's the main thing is giving my guys a chance, being more accurate consistently. I mean, I, I kind of knew everyone was going to be better when I, when I got here, so it's, not, it's nothing new really as far as you know, that goes. I've always had that mindset. Everyone's just better, so there's not as much room for error. So if there's a play where you're a little bit off, it's an incompletion. It's not a catch. So all those little things add up. And there's a balance between risking it downfield and checking down. Just managing those plays and then for me is just taking more completions. You know, I've said it a bunch of times to you guys. It's just like we always talk about in our room, Coach Schottenheimer says the power of completions. You get a guy the ball, have a couple com- completions in a row, they're going to make plays. Even if you only throw it three yards, he might get 20. And, you know, I had one to James in the game where we just checked it down instead of trying to hunt downfield. And he got, I think, 12, 13 yards on it. I think I threw it one yard. So it's stuff like that. Like let those guys make plays. Um, I could definitely do a better job of that. But I feel like I'm – I'm learning a lot each week. I feel like I'm getting better. I know this past game, you look at the stats or whatever, doesn't doesn't look great, but 
I feel like there was a lot of things where I grew. Um, I think I got better. The full Trevor Lawrence press conference from Wednesday available on Jaguars.com. Later in the week, Jaguars right tackle Jawan Taylor sat down with me for the post-practice water break presented by Crown Royal. He's in year three, he's seen the struggles in the past year and into this season, and he gave his insight on how they turn it around, plus his impressions of the rookie quarterback. Jawan, you've been around here for now going into year number three. This is a long losing skid for this organization, two to start this season. How frustrating is that for you? Um, it's just frustrating, man. You know, um, we all want to win. We all working hard. Um, you know, we busting our butt. We had one of the hardest camps in the NFL this year. So, you know, we're just trying to reap the benefits of all the hard work. And, you know, we're just going out there every day, um, you know, listening to our coaches and buying into the system and the game plans. And, you know, just going out there on Sunday trying to play together and get a win. All right. Uh, let's take us through the quarterback room now. Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. in the huddle with you guys. Uh, he's uh, now into going into his third career start. What's it like with Trevor around, and, and what have you done to maybe make him more comfortable? Oh, man, amazing guy, high energy. You know, ever since he's came in, you know, each and every day he's just been getting better. Um, you know, and he's a young guy, but he's just, you know, get growing every single practice, every single game, and, you know, he has a lot of potential. He's very talented, um, and, you know, he has a lot of, you know, he's just a great leader so far being in the huddle and calling plays and different things like that. He's very confident in what he does, and we believe in him believe in everything he does so we're just backing him up 100 percent the full conversation with Jawan taylor airs sunday on the public tailgate show at 10 o'clock start on 1010xl and 92.5 fm in jacksonville when we return urban myers three important things for a team nfl network analyst bucky brooks on how the jaguars need to play this week's game against the cardinals plus fox sports sideline reporter megan olivi comparing cardinals head coach cliff kingsbury and jags head coach urban meyer all that after this Jags fans, TIAA Bank is here to help you keep your money working hard, week in and week out. Open a yield pledge checking or money market account today and start scoring some of the most competitive rates in the country. To see how we can fit into your financial game plan, visit a financial center near you or find us online at TIAABank.com Jags. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Welcome back to the Jaguars Broadcast Week in Review podcast presented by TIAA Bank. The Daily's Place schedule is busy. Tonight, Coheed and Cambria. October 1st, it's AJR. Brothers Osborne coming in October 2nd. Plenty of great shows ahead. Tickets are available at dailiesplace.com. And as always, check out the official Jaguars Podcast Network. You probably are right now. We appreciate the free subscription on Apple, iTunes, or Spotify. Give us that five-star rating. Let's move to Wednesday now, and head coach Urban Meyer moving ahead to the Cardinals. The Jaguars are looking for something, offense, defense, special teams, something from one of those groups, some kind of play to get it going. And Meyer broke the importance for the team into three things. Number one thing that I've always, always worried about is making sure we have a really good locker room. The amount of time that's for 30 years, or really I've been head coach probably almost 20 or something, that's always been number one of the point emphasis is, first of all, quality people and, and good uh, – uh, unity and guys sticking together, um, and they are. You know, I know the first two games haven't gone, and, and some of these guys have been part of this for a couple of years now. And it's like, I love our locker room. I, our locker room. I just had a good talk with our team about it, and I see it on the sideline. I see it. I talk to the guys nonstop. Uh, number two is health of players, and I can see, you know, the sports performance model being a positive so far. I know we get little dings here and there, but for the most part, our guys are. Utilizing, and then the third thing is what brings your question up is the spark. You know, as uh, Michael Jordan once said in that, in that documentary, is that 
Chicago Bulls struggled for years and years, and all they needed was a spark. And the spark happened to be Mike, Michael Jordan, but not just him. He had a bunch of guys around him, and that spark, you know, that, that's a stepping in front of a ball, intercepting it, you know. It's a spark is what? A spark is a great player making a great play. And how do you do that? You, it's called competitive excellence. You do it in practice. You work it. And, he worked to put the players in those positions. A spark. They had it late last week with a 102-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. But it was too little too late. The near interceptions need to be holed in. Big catches in traffic on offense, maybe on a third down. Some of those would go a long way for the Jaguars. The coordinators echoed that Thursday. Offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel. The first drive, they did a really nice job, and then the, the next drives after that, we didn't stay on the field. So whether it comes down to the first down play or whether it comes down to the third down play, you know, um, one of the drives we went, we went run, run, had a third and three, and we didn't catch the ball. Like we were just alluding to, it's all frustrations by all of us, and all of us have to do better. And when you get an opportunity to make your play, you have to make your play. I mean, that's that's what it is in the league. And you know, whoever it is, you know, I'm not singling out anybody, but whoever it is, you, you have to make your play when you get an opportunity to make your play. Defensive coordinator Joe Cullen knows what the spark looks like. I've been part of that before where that one play has. You know, I, I mean, I go back to, you know, and you don't know when the play is going to come, but, you, you know, you, you think of the second play, not to, to rehash old things, but the second play, Shaq picks that, it's on the 30-yard line, but we just need one. That You don't need two or three. You need one to, to get the fan base going crazy, ignite the – Give the ball or the offense on, on inside the five-yard line, maybe a sack fumble, but we need, we need one to ignite the, ignite the whole team. The coordinator press conference is available on Jaguars.com. Later on Wednesday, huddle up with Bucky Brooks. Bucky, John Osher, and I got into this week's game and how the Jaguars need to play against the Cardinals. To me, Bucky, if they could get a lead and hold it for a few series or into the second half, then I think the big plays come. I've always theorized, one reason that teams don't get turnovers is when they're in bad situations to get them. So when you fall behind and you're not mm -hmm. able to rush the passer because the other team's running the ball, always significantly takes that down. To me, something's got to happen this weekend early. Something's, you know, and I get they had an early lead the other day, but then it kind of fell off. They need some momentum. They need to get maybe a double-digit lead, an interception, something, get up, and then maybe those, you know, the droves you're talking about will come. Uh, I just think it's a tough task against Kyler Murray this weekend. No, I, th I think, John, I, th I think you're on to something, right? This is a team that needs to play from in front. And the reason why they need to play from in front is because I don't care what anyone says. When you've lost, whatever, 16 or 17 games in a row, you feel the weight of that on the sideline. And the longer that you're behind, the more you have the, oh, no, here we go again, that kind of permeates not only the field but the stadium. And so for the Jaguars, it would be nice to see them jump out to a 14-0 lead where they can play from in front and dictate the terms. As you point to, the turnovers. The turnovers do happen when the other team is chasing points because now you get to pin your ears back as a pass rusher. Now your defensive, your defensive backfield, they're laying off and beginning to kind of play and feast off those tips and overthrows due to the pressure you're getting after the quarterback. But it's hard to play great defense or opportunistic defense when the game is even or you're behind or you're behind. It's just one of those things that the Jaguars have to find a way to get out to a fast start. And then they can kind of do some of the things that they want to do defensively. Yeah, you do wonder, JP. It was 15 in a row to start the season. Now it's 17. Yeah. You know, in, in the offseason, the 15 in a row wasn't talked about a whole lot because there was so much. It was a new, it was a yeah. new era, all that but stuff. But now yeah. that it's. You know, there's two more under this regime. It's not about the past regime, meaning the 15 
doesn't belong to this bunch, but now it's going to sort of be nationally. You're going to see graphics. Mm-hmm. Uh, you hope that they can get out of this before that starts to become a constant thing this year. It feels like it's starting to get constant with the national media sure. and with that. So, because uh, the closer they get to that record, yeah, it's, it's just, just going to happen. Be a storyline, and then like Bucky said, you wonder if it will sort of uh, permeate or start weighing on them. Uh, you know, it'd be nice to get one, you know, obviously Sunday or the next couple before that starts becoming a thing. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks airs Wednesdays at 4.30 on Jaguars.com and Jaguars social media. This week's opposing quarterback, former number one overall pick, Kyler Murray. His mobility is challenging, of course, as are the receivers he deals it to. They're fantastic all around. Safety Rayshon Jenkins in the secondary have their hands full this week. He's definitely different, um, more so of what the QBs are going to, you know, nowadays in the NFL, those more just scramble guys who can make plays outside of the pocket as well and downfield. So it's going to be a great challenge because you have a guy like that back there, so you have to account for him, and then you have to account for their receiving core across the board, uh, which is just filled with talent, and, uh, in my opinion, and, and, and speed. So. I mean, this is where we're professional, so um, I'm excited for the, for the challenge. Um, I'm always excited for a big challenge like this, a new challenge like this. More on the Cardinals Thursday morning on Jags Drive Time. Ashwin Sullivan, John Osher, and Brian Sexton visited with Cardinals.com writer Darren Urban, who provided an inside look at the undefeated cards. So the first thing I have to ask is Kyler Murray. I'm, I'm walking in the lobby, NFL Network's playing, and they're talking about him having an MVP caliber season, and it's already only week three. So it seems like everything's clicking for him, and it was a little bit of a buildup to get him there. Am I correct? Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I'm very hesitant to start talking about MVPs when we're talking two weeks into the season. Um, you know, Kyler's off to a fantastic start. He's got seven touchdown passes. He's run for another two. Uh, this team is scored a bunch of points the first two weeks. Obviously, they've won two games. And he does feel like he's taken another step in the progression to being an elite quarterback. Uh, you know, he always had the ability to run around. He had the ability to have a super strong arm. Um, now he's kind of taking it to a, a next level where he's, he's knowing what to check out of. Uh, when he is scrambling, it, he used to basically take off right away. Now he's keeping his eyes down the field, and that's uh, benefited them with some huge plays already through two games uh, in scramble drill situations. So, I mean, everything Kyler Murray is doing right now, for the most part, has been really good. He had a couple of interceptions last week that he probably wouldn't mind having back, but for the most part, uh, he's been fantastic. And like any team in the league, you're only going to go as far as your quarterback takes you. So uh, that's obviously a, a giant step for the Cardinals. When I look at this defense, I mean, Chandler Jones is obviously one of the best pass rushers in the game over the last six seasons. What has J.J. Watt got left in the tank, and how are they using him? We've all seen veteran players move on from the place where they made their name, and few of them are as impactful as they were. Those of us who have been around the AFC South, J.J. Watt is sort of in our nightmares. Uh, <laughs> what... How has he, I'm assuming he's had a huge impact on Chandler Jones on the other side, but what have you seen from him? Well, and again, it's, it's early, two games in. I, I thought J.J. played really well um, in the first game uh, in Tennessee. Uh, of course, their whole defense did. Obviously, Chandler Jones had five sacks that game, and I thought J.J. was a main reason why they were able to slow Derrick Henry the way they were that game. Last game, 
did Watt have a giant impact? No, but the whole defense really kind of struggled, at least for the first half. They kind of came around in the second half uh, and only gave up three points when they were on the field. The other points in the second half for the Vikings was a uh, interception return for a touchdown. But, um, you know, is J.J. Watt the J.J. Watt of 2014 and 15? Of course not. But I do think that he is going to add a lot. He's already added a lot to the locker room. I think he adds a ton to this defensive line. They've got to play better than they did last week as a whole. Um, and I'm very interested to see how he looks this week uh, against a team that he's very familiar with. The Cardinals are tied for first place in an ultra-competitive NFC West. Jags Drive Time airs Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 10 a.m. on Jaguars.com and Jags social media. We end this week with a preview of an interview that will air in Sunday's Public Tailgate Show. Megan O'Leavy will patrol the sidelines Sunday for Fox Sports. She's a longtime reporter and host for the UFC, but now enters her fourth season covering the NFL on Fox. Olivi teams up with Gus Johnson and Aqib Tlaib on the broadcast, and they had the Cardinals last week when they snuck by the Vikings due to a missed field goal in the final gun. Olivi compares the Cardinals' build under head coach Cliff Kingsbury to what Urban Meyer is trying to do in Jacksonville. Megan, how long did it take Cliff Kingsbury to figure out the NFL? That's a great question. You know, when we talk to him every week, he still draws comparisons and talks about his college days. So I think he still may be learning, which... I don't think is a bad thing. I think if you believe you've already, oh, I'm here and I have a great game or I'm, you know, I'm two and oh, whatever it may be. I think that can come as a disservice to you and your team. So I I actually think he might still be figuring it out as he goes. He certainly has an incredible handle and grip on it right now. But I do think he's he's still trying to evolve his coaching style to make sure it's benefiting where the league is at, where his own team is at and where his opponents are at. That's kind of the talk around Urban Meyer, of course. He's a 17-year head coach in college football, one of the greats of all time, then comes into the NFL. And I think he's been fantastic on the podium this whole offseason and even now into the regular season. He's still trying to establish what a culture of excellence is in the NFL and dealing with different personalities. That's That could take a little bit as long as he just stays the course, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think when you have someone like Urban who had – the success on a monumental level on the college on the college football field. I think that obviously means he has what it takes to be a good coach. It's just about learning processes, having the right people around him, compiling the right athletes that are going to succeed under his leadership, because not every coach is for every player and not every player is for every coach. So he's going to also need to figure that out. It might take a little while until they're able to mesh. But I think there's a lot of promise. You're right on what he's been saying on the podium, but also how players are reacting to what he's saying. I thought what Trevor spoke about this week was really important, how he is motivated by the words of, of Coach Meyer and how he really felt like it was what the team needed to hear coach is not giving up on them he's saying stay with us we're going to get through this we're going to break that rock and if you can motivate the locker room and they can believe in what you're saying as that that head coach and that leader then I think that does make all the difference and then your team leaders step up your unit leaders step up and you're all kind of having this same sort of mindset so I think while he might not be winning on the field he's doing everything he can to make sure the team is in a winning mindset the full interview runs Sunday in the Public's Tailgate Show, a 10 a.m. start on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Thanks for the subscription to the Jaguars official podcast network on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you download your pods. Leave a comment and a five-star rating and enjoy the game Sunday. Thanks for listening. I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next week on the Jaguars broadcast week in review podcast presented by TIAA Bank.